everybody had an ocean across the USA. Then everybody be serving. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. And th shout out to the Liberty Center student section on the blackout night for our intro. Uh, this is the Enzo Militia with, <laughs> with Phil Snow, the stats guy. I am the snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. And I'm, I'm not ready for summer to go, obviously. <laughs> and also I'm here with Captain Cade Man. The captain is here without a bell, but I did get a car. All right, there you go. That works. And we... <laughs> Man, I freaking love you. No homo. <laughs> no. All right. So Phil, we got some pretty interesting games that we had going on throughout the throughout the night on Friday, and uh, this is gonna be very fun to talk about. And I definitely know we got Captain over here. He's eager to talk about a very very specific game that hope ha that happened over the night. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was uh, ecstatic to see all the all the awesome scores that were taking place. We saw some really nice upsets. Uh, I think the biggest one of the night for me, guys, was Anthony Wayne being able to uh, beat Finley the way they did uh, on the road with just over eight seconds left to go in the game. Uh, Grant Kinney able to uh, able to find the end zone there on a little quarterback run. I think it was a designed run all the way. Uh, kind of just waited for his blockers to develop their Cade and able to kind of go right to left and like what he saw right, able to skate back left, so able to get that win on the road. I think that's the biggest win. Uh, Perrysburg Whitmer obviously did not disappoint 25-15 games so that went down to the wire uh, and then you know the big one in the GMC uh, Ayersville and Tenora the victory bell battle that was that was everything it lived up to and I had said if if you wanted to see a game that you weren't technically rooting for that was one to go to and, and Kate it didn't disappoint it definitely didn't a hard-nosed physical game I'll get more of that stuff later but the AW and Finley game was definitely a surprise to me as well it just proves that AW's got some great coaches, a great game plan, and how well that experience paid off last year in the playoffs. So, All right, so now <laughs> let's get to our games. First, the GMC, the number seven team in Division Seven, the Antwerp Archers hosting the Raiders. The Raiders. Winning 30-27, to 27, an absolute nail-biter, Phil. Yeah, this was a pretty good game. Um, you know, it's kind of what I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be physical. I thought it was going to be a close game. I had 28-21, ended up being 30-21. to So, uh, obviously, the two-point conversions there, I think, for Antwerp kind of helped, uh, you know, get that score to where it was. But, you know, I thought this was a game that was really going to test to see who Antwerp was, and they were able to do just enough to win this game. Uh, a couple offensive statistics for you for Antwerp and some defensive stuff for you. Uh, you know, I'm working on getting Wayne Traces, but – uh, Reed Leasty in the rushing game, 11, 11 carries for 37 yards. Uh, also had 13 tackles defensively, guys, uh, and he also had an interception, so uh, making an impact. He also had five catches in the passing game, so he was kind of everywhere all over the field. Um, Carson Ultimus, 22 of 34 for 301 yards and four scores. Um, uh, the Shaw kid had three catches for 115 yards and a touchdown, and Landon Brewer added 10 catches for 111 yards and two scores. So, uh, you know, Antwerp remains unbeaten, um, doing what they need to do to win these games. And uh, Wayne Trace struggling right now, especially in the meat of their schedule. They're going to have to uh, pull it together and find some big wins if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive, guys. You know, it's kind of Phil what I just talked about on Wednesday about Antwerp. They're a beatable team. They just make plays. Just find out, I mean, sorry, to somehow win the game. I don't really know exactly what that big play was in this game, 
But Wayne Trace's big bugaboo for this game was bugaboo. Bugaboo. 12 penalties for 100 yards. So right. anytime you got to beat a quality team like Antwerp, you can't have that many penalty yards. Yep. So uh, after, so with that being said, the Antwerp Archers will be hosting the Ayersville Pilots, and the Raiders will be hosting the Fairview Apaches. Next, we get to the River Bowl, the battle for the victory bell. The Ayersville Pilots playing against the Tenora Rams. The Rams sneaking one out in a 14-8 slugfest. Phil, well, yeah, Phil. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, for the first half, it was scoreless. Uh, both teams are really kind of, you know, struck. They would get a first down here and there, and then uh, the offense would sputter out. Uh, it was kind of the story of the game for both teams. Uh you know, credit to Nora, you know, in the fourth quarter, they really needed a drive that, you know, they felt like they they had a chance to win the game. And, you know, I think they kind of relied a lot on the uh, Graziani rushing game there on that last drive. Uh, they did a nice job of doing some counter rushes, too, with Dom, uh, which is you just get him going one day and one way, and then you bring that pulling guard back the other and you follow him the other way. Uh, a big stories of the game for me, uh, Tenora ran – 14 more offensive plays than Ayersville, which might have been the difference in the game there. 46 plays for 150 yards for the Pilots, 60 plays and 283 yards for the Rams. Ayersville was 4 of 12 on third down. Uh, Ayersville 4, or excuse me, Tenora 4 of 10 on third down. Uh, first for the victorious Tenora Rams, Dominic Graziani, 14 of 24 through the air for 131 yards. He also had 16 carries for 74 yards and two scores. Grady Gusweiler, 11 carries for 47 yards, also added three catches for 24 yards. And Landon Newsom, defensively for the Rams, led the way with five tackles. Uh, for the losing Ayersville Pilots, Lucas Fishpaw, 5 of 13 through the air for 58 yards and a touchdown. Also had an interception. Torn Knieven, 20 rushes for 46 yards. Tenora's defense really, really shut him down and was able to contain him, which he's been kind of their workhorse all year, uh, averaging pretty close to 100 yards a game, if not 100 yards a game. Ray Wolfram in the reception category, 5 catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. And then defensively for Ayersville, Brady Clark led the way with 10 tackles and Torn and even right behind him with nine stops defensively uh, for the Pilots. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like, uh, you know, me and Cade, we kind of talked a bit about this a little bit before we came on the on before we came on the air here. Uh, the off-season, off-league schedule for Tenora, I really think helped them grind this out in the fourth quarter to win this game. It was a physical contest. It was smash mouth. It was a defensive game. And then the second half, the offenses started to score. Uh, but give Tenora all the credit there to win and uh, bring the victory bell back to Tenora. Yep, and we had our very handyman, the Cade man, Captain Cade man himself. He was at that game. So, Cade, go ahead and, go ahead and give us the breakdown from this. Kind of a little bit what Phil said. This start the game was just very, very physical start. Not really much offense got going, but it was Ayersville the second half that really came out, in my opinion, just flat out punched Sonora in the mouth. Their offensive line was getting off the ball. They were getting to the second level, hitting the linebackers. Came out, scored, then got a two-point conversion by Abe Delano to go up 8-7. to seven. And then Sonora, before the half, they actually had a chance to kick about a 40-yard field goal, and then it got blocked by Abe Delano, so... Tenora had some missed opportunities, some opportunities to extend the game. It just couldn't quite get it done. And then that fourth quarter came around, about five minutes left, and Tenora actually fumbled the ball on their own 40-yard line, and Ayersville took over on downs. Later in the game came to a controversial fourth and five. Lucas Fishball pass that was broken up by 
Tenora's own Owen Ackerman. So that's kind of the play I hear from the Airsville community is kind of talking about right now. It's just how do you not throw the ball to 1-9 there is kind of the question that I'm hearing right now because, in my opinion, you got to give the ball your best at your best athlete, your best player overall. But I actually really like the call. You're trying to catch somebody sleeping a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then after that, 4th and 5, Donovan Garazzi pretty much took over took over in the air and took over on the – with his legs. And brought out his own his inner Johnny Manziel is what you said, right? His inner Johnny Manziel. He was on a fourth and one. He was rolling out to his left. Airsville had like an arm on him, shook out of the arm tackle, reverse field, and ran 10 yards for a first down to keep it alive. And then he had a nice pass to Grady Gusfire, which put him on Airsville's 43-yard line. And then later would find Owen Ackerman down the middle of the field for a se- on the se- – sorry, guys. You're good. Sorry. Not used, not used to being Phil here. Just going to keep talking, talking, talking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, be able to get connected to them. Connected to Carter Gilliam in the middle of in the middle of the field. Brought him down to Ayersville's 17-yard line. And then three plays later, Dominic Garazzi ran it in from two yards out to put him up. Yep. And then at the end, the the hero of the night, Dominic Graziani, dro- uh, jumping the curl route on Ayersville's uh, on Airsville's last drive, on the first play of their last drive, uh, Graziani jumps the route to have the go-ahead uh, game-winning interception there, and then somehow get 12 men on the field on a kneel. Yeah, that was kind. That was kind of <laughs> crazy. That was kind of crazy. Game-sealing interception for uh, for Dom to kind of tap uh, caps um, his offensive night off, if you will, and you know. That's the biggest question mark for us guys with this Airsville pilot team is uh, if they have to put. Uh, some weight on uh, Fishball. Lucas Fishball's shoulders. Uh, is he, is he going to be able to make enough plays in the passing game? Uh, they might have to find a way to instrument some uh, screens, uh, quick passes, anything like that to be able to get their athletes in space. I think Abe Delano is a good receiver. Just got to get him the ball in space. But a uh, big win for the Rambos uh, moving forward. All right. So our next, and the Pilots will be, be ho- traveling over to Antwerp, and the Rams will be hosting the Paulding Panthers. Two interesting games for sure. Our next game, the Edgerton Bulldogs hosting the Fairview Apaches, and Fairview finally getting out the schneim, scoring their first win of the season, winning 44-35 over the Dogs. Yeah, you know, uh, congratulations uh, to uh, Coach Rakes over there getting that first win this year. Uh, You know, that's a confidence-boosting win for Fairview, especially uh, uh, 22 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, that that's a that's a great job to be able to come away with that win to get the lead and then kind of put it away as well all right there in the fourth quarter. That's a that's a mature win mm-hmm. uh, for a team that hasn't seen that a lot. Um, you know, Cade, I always say I love your Fairview takes, <laughs> and you told us that Willie Zedike was going to have to be big with his legs, and man, did you hit the nail on the head with that. He was 19 of 30 through the air for 217 yards and two scores, but he was also 17 with 17 carries, 110 yards and two scores also on the ground. So Willie Zedike with five, five total goals. touchdowns for Fairview, and that's why he's going to get a player of the player of the year by, uh, nod for me for the belt uh, this week. That's a that's some gutsy performance there by a sophomore kid who who just really put everything on the line to get this win. Logan Allinger, the leading res, uh, receiving getter there for Fairview, nine catches, 125 yards and a touchdown. He also had seven seven carries for 28 yards. Uh, Fairview with 386 total yards, snapping their 18-game losing streak. 
On the other side for the losing Edgerton Bulldogs, Maddox Baker, the quarterback, 23 of 33 for 267 yards and four touchdowns. Scotty Krantz, the leading receiver, 12 catches for 188 yards and two scores. So those guys had some really, really good nights themselves uh, on a losing end. So a great win for Fairview, especially got some, still got some big games ahead of them. Got to play Wayne Trace, as Marco mentioned. The Raiders. So, the Raiders. So uh, good win for Fairview. We'll see what happens coming down the stretch. Absolutely. I don't know how I called William Zedike having over 110 rushing yards using his legs. but I, I know why. It's you're kind, the, it's you're kind the GMC whisperer. He's Something the like captain that. Cade man for a reason. Well, it's just kind of one of the strategies that the Gregs like to use. Is like, you know you're throwing the ball, so they have the linebackers back already. So now it opens up the quarterback draw to get about four or five yards easily mm-hmm. before he's even touched, honestly. It's just kind of what they used to do a long time ago, and it looks like it's going to continue. Yeah, uh, actually, a uh, real quick history thing. Back in the – Oh, back when my dad played, he told me that Fairview always threw the ball all the time. And every single play, they would just drop all their linemen into coverage. And the quarterback never ran the ball, which so, and they so won that game. I actually just talked to Jordan about this exact thing that um, Fairview played. I can't remember who they played, but uh, the team they played against, they ran one down lineman and dropped everybody back. And it was against the Rad. The Radcliffe kid in 08-09, mm-hmm. uh, back when Jordan was playing, he was one of the the guys that played against him, and uh, he were, uh, they played him back to back weeks or two times in three weeks, and mm-hmm. they did the same exact thing in the regular season in the playoffs, and uh, Fairview lost both of those games. Just they made basically did anything they could to take away the passing game, and and obviously worked very effectively. So inter- inter- interesting history there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so the Edgerton Bulldogs will be traveling over to Hicksville. In the pa- and like we said earlier, the Fairview Apaches will be traveling over to Wayne Trace. And our last game, the Hicksville Aces at Paulding, losing, and the Paulding Panthers winning 48-21 on this game, Phil. Yeah, you know, Paulding, I kind of figured, too physical, uh, too much. Uh, Kobe Floor, four rushing touchdowns for Paulding. Um, so he had a good night offensively. I uh, kind of figured Paulding would be a little bit too much for Hicksville here. So uh, Paulding moves to five and two guys, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and realistically, still sitting in a really nice spot in the GMC. Uh, you know, could possibly get an upset here uh, if 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 one of these other teams don't take care of business. Uh, they just got to keep winning and and keep themselves right there in the in, in the hunt. Absolutely, not to harp too much on it, but Paulding could still. Quietly be five and one, you know, like yeah, just some crazy stuff happened when they played Airsville. Six and one, six and one. Thank yeah, you. If they're able one. to beat Airsville, yeah, yeah, six and yeah. one. Couple of bounces away from being six and one. That's a good point. And yeah. who who's Pauling's lost to? Pauling's lost. We, they lost to. Can we elaborate on that a little bit? Spencerville was it? Spencerville. Hold on, give me a second. I'm putting that right now. I think that give might second, be right. Boys. Spencerville and Airsville. So I believe it. I think you're right. So Kate. Spencerville was in week two, I believe, against Pauling. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so they lost to Spencerville, thirty-five Spencerville, to eight. What, what, uh, are you on Joe Idol? Yes, I what's am. What's the what's their division? It's right next to them. Division five, region eighteen. They're, they're Spencerville. Of, mm-hmm. Spencerville is division five, region eighteen. Yes. Huh. I'm I didn't at, know that. I, I'm looking at it right now. They're two and five right now. And well, that's what I'm wondering. And the Pilots knocked them off twenty to seventeen in their comeback win against the Panthers. There. So. Uh, so Hicksville will be hosting the Bulldogs of Edgerton, and Paulding will be at Tenora. And so with that being said, the GMC standings as of updated right now, the Antwerp Archers 7-0, 4-0, sitting up at the top. We have a three-way tie in second with the Ayersville Pilots 5-2, 3-1, Paulding 5-2, 3-1, and the Tenora Rams sitting at 4-3, 3-1. 
Then right behind them is the Wayne, the Raiders. Three and four, two and two. The Fairview Apaches at one and six, one and three in league play. Edgerton and Hicksville both at one and six, zero oh and four in league play. You know, and uh, if we were to play the playoffs right now, playoffs Liberty Center would play Spencerville. Yes, so really. I I said that in the so group chat. A, that's an interesting, uh, interesting little thing there, and. Uh, uh, before we go on to the NOL games, uh, just want to give a score on the outside. One of my outside games here. We talked about Clyde Tiffin Columbian. Uh, Tiffin Columbian way too much at home for the Flyers. Forty nine fourteen win for Tiffin Columbian, a Division Six team. If I'm not mistaken, Division Six Region Twenty Two. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they I am mistaken. <laughs> I'll have to get that for you. But uh, big win for Tiffin Columbian there. Forty nine fourteen. Absolutely. So we head on over to the NLL. First, the Buckeye Division. We had an upset. I would say an upset based on paper-wise. The Anthony Wayne Generals invading the Finley Trojans, winning 18-14 on a game-winning run. Phil, what do you got? Well, I think uh, I think this game um, was definitely an upset. Uh, I think Finley was definitely poised to win this game. Mm-hmm especially being at home, but uh, give credit to Anthony Wayne. After a really tough loss uh, against Whitmer the week before that, you come back, it doesn't get much easier going on the road against Finley, able to win this ball game. Uh, Grant Kinney able to score a, a rushing touchdown with eight seconds left to go, so give credit to Anthony Wayne. They're going to they're gonna continue to battle, guys. Uh, you know, Anthony Wayne is a team that has notoriously been good. Uh, they bounce back after a, after a tough loss, like I said, and, th- and they find themselves uh, number two still in the rankings uh, in Division Two, Region Six. So, um, right where they want to be still with long term goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, one and one in the league. If anybody knocks off Whitmer, this this Buckeye division really could be up for grabs. So, a uh, lot of credit there to Anthony Wayne and, and their head coach to be able to bounce back and win that ball game. Just shows how well coached Anthony Wayne is. They're the big school, the Buckeye division. They have a lot of winning experience, tradition alongside of them. I normally don't like to bet against them, and he burnt me this week. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you try to cook on them, and they like, uh-uh, not today. Yeah, they burnt me this week. All right, so the Anthony Wayne Generals will be hosting the Springfield Blue Devils while the Finley Trovins get the travel over to the Swarm, the Perrysburg Yellow Jackets. Very menacing team there. Speaking of the Yellow Jackets, we have the number eight team in Division Two, I believe. No, Division One. My bad. Division One. The Perrysburg Yellow Jackets host uh, traveling over to the Whitmer Panthers. Whitmer coming on top of that one, 25-15. A very unique score, Phil. Uh, yeah, a lot. Uh, f- some field goal attempts. <laughs> uh, a lot of defense in this game. Joshua Martin will be having a heyday. <laughs> uh, both teams really struggled to move the ball. Um, Whitmer and Perrysburg. Let's see here. Whitmer had 13 penalties, which I think was a big a big thing for them. Uh, but Whitmer also ran 19 more offensive plays than Perrysburg did. Perrysburg, Nick Oros, eight carries, 25 yards. Perrysburg, at the end of the day, had 16 rushes for 11 net yards, guys. So a uh, tough sled there running the football. Josh Tackett's 14, uh, 14 of 30 for 220 yards and a touchdown with two picks. Gavin Fennekin, seven catches, 100 yards and a touchdown. Zach Schroeder, four catches, 89 yards. And uh, Joseph Sini, 11 tackles, and also uh, gets a nomination for Cheeseburger Hit of the Week for the hit that he put on that 
Woo! If you haven't seen the video, um, he, he definitely got uh, got a worthy hit there. So we'll get um, that coupon there to him. Uh, Whitmer, 50 carries for 260 yards. Joey Morales, 23 attempts for 125 yards and three scores. So seven touchdowns for Joey in the last two games against very, very good teams. Jaden Jones, 15 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown. Brady Ford, 7 of 15 for 89 yards. And Elijah Shabazz led them defensively with five tackles uh, for the Panthers. So good win for Whitmer. Uh, obviously doesn't get any easier as they're going to have to uh, – uh, Perrysburg is going to have to play Finley now at home. So, Yep. All right. And so the Perrysburg Yellow Jackets will be, like I said earlier, will be hosting the Finley Trojans, and Whitmer will be <coughs> traveling over to Sylvania Northview. And speaking of Sylvania Northview, the Sylvania, Sylvania Northview will be, tra be playing against the Springfield Blue Devils in a game that won resulted in a 17-7 win for Northview. Phil. Yeah, Springfield's just, you know, not there. Uh, good win for Northview. A uh, couple, a uh, couple of tough losses there. So, big win for them. Good, good. This confidence isn't the militia five. Good confidence booster <laughs> to uh, to be able to uh, try to finish their season on a strong note. All right. So, Sylvania Northview will be hosting Whitmer, and the Blue Devils will be uh, traveling over to AW. Now we get to the Cardinal Division, and like I said, this is not the Militia 5, just letting everyone know. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, the it's, it's just music. I know. It's, it's okay. Okay. You're fired. <laughs> Bowling Green, the Bowling Green Bobcats be ho uh, travel over to Sylvania Southview, and a BG game blanked 41-0 Southview Cougars. Yeah. You know, Isaac Sexton, four rushing touchdowns mm -hmm. for Southview. Uh Pretty good offensively. This is a team that's been right there in a lot of the games this year. So, mm -hmm. not surprised here to see this. Did think that BG was going to be able to score some points with their rushing attack. But, uh, you know, I think the injury to Reese Rath is definitely a big thing. He's probably their lead lead guy, I think, between the tackles. Uh, BG, Peyton Harris had 14 carries for 41 yards. Jason Shannon had 10 carries for 19 yards. As a team, only uh, 37 carries for 89 yards. A team Ooh. we've seen rush for over 500 yards twice this year. Jamison Horse, two of five for 67 yards uh, through the air. So probably more yards than he's had all season throwing the ball. So uh, tough loss for BG. Going to have to try to turn it around as they have uh, you know some tough league games coming up to finish out the year. All right. Our next game, cue the upset alert of the night. The Fremont Rosal Little Giants traveling over to Clay, winning 41-28. How does this happen, Phil? I don't know. I think I th I honestly personally think the AW over Clay. Finley was a bigger upset oh, personally. Really? Um, yeah, I really do. Uh, I really think I really thought Finley was going to be able to, to to pretty much handily win that game. So I was a little bit surprised at that. But uh, this was a, a very very big win for Fremont Ross. Uh, a Clay, a team that started off kind of on fire, has has kind of sputtered out, guys. Uh, you know, and I think the difference here is, you know, Fremont Ross kind of lined up athlete for athlete against Clay. Uh, both these teams are not going to not gonna out-physical you at the line of scrimmage. They're going to try to depend on athletes to beat you. I did see a, an unbelievable play by Mason Heinchel, though, where he rolled out, was being chased to his right, turned around, went back left, and then came all the way back to the right again to make an incredible – or, excuse me, stayed left and, and ran 25 yards for a touchdown to the pylon. So, uh, Heinchel, though, you know, special kid. Uh, unfortunately, Clay just uh, having some struggles right now. I think that's like their third loss in a row. So I think yeah, it third is third loss in a row. 
So and so the Clay Eagles will be traveling over to Napoleon, who leads, who sits in the driver's seat of the NLL up, well, of the Cardinal Division, and Sylvania Southview, and Fremont Ross will be traveling over to, will be not traveling, hosting Sylvania Southview, and so we get to our our last game, the Napoleon Wildcats hosting the Bowser Blue Racers, winning 48 to six, Phil. Yeah, too much Napoleon physicality. Three straight wins for Napoleon, starting to figure it out. They had 14 points in the second quarter, had 14 points in the first quarter, and 14 points in the third quarter. Uh, so very consistently, are very consistent offensively throughout the game. Kind of called the dogs there, off the dogs there in the uh, fourth quarter. 39 carries for 332 yards, which is about 8.5 yards per carry as a team. Le- leading rusher for Napoleon was Jacob Aguilar. Uh, he had 16 carries for 154 yards and a touchdown. George Eggers had 11 carries for 58 yards and two scores. Owen Espinoza, one of five through the air for 24 yards and a touchdown. The lone reception was to Trey Rubenstein uh, for 24 yards and, the, and that touchdown. Uh, Singer, uh, the quarterback for Bowser, he had six carries for 41 yards and he was eight of 19 through the air for 94 yards. Bowser ran 42 plays for 161 total yards and had 23 rushes for 67 yards. So Napoleon defensively uh, doing a nice job there against um, Bowser. Bowser. And so Napoleon will be hosting the Clay Eagles. And with that being said, here are the league standings of the NLL. And we do apologize on the, our numbers that we had. Uh, we did not. We were unaware that the the crossovers between the Buck and the Cardinal Division games did not count they only count as normal regular games not league games so that's our fault so with that being said the Buckeye division the Whitmer Panthers five and two two and oh sitting in the driver's seat of the Buckeye Perrysburg right behind them six and one one and one tying with them is the Finley Trojans five and two one and one also another tie is the Anthony Wayne Generals five and two one and one and finishing at the bottom is Sylvania Northview at two and five oh and two and same record as so with the Springfield Blue Devils in the Cardinal Division, the Napoleon Wildcats sit out at the top right now, 2-0 with a 3-4, 2-0 record. And a two-way tie uh, for second is the Clay Eagles and Fremont Ross Little Giants with a 3-4, 1-1 with Clay and Fremont Ross with 2-5, 1-1. Then our, our, with our next game is... Next game, our next team is Sylvania Southview. We don't know for sure if the Northview game counted or not. We we'll have, figure it we, out. We'll figure it out eventually one of these days. Uh, Sylvania Southview sits at 4-3, 0-1 as of right now to our knowledge. And to the Bowling Green Bobcats, they sit at 4-3, 0-2 at the bottom of the Cardinal Division. So our next game, we ha- our next league, we march on over to the WBL. Let's see here. All right, here we go. The Lima Lima Bath four and two, three and two hosting hosting the Salina Bulldogs winning 52-36. Phil, I'm starting to catch a trend here. Lima Bath is able to uh, fire some fireworks in the first half, but seen the run out in the second half. Uh, I don't I don't I don't think it's just that too. I think that they they have athletes and then they do what they do well and, and people make adjustments mm-hmm. and I think that's what it is. I don't think it's they're they're not able to do. You know that they fall apart or anything. I just think they they do what they do well, mm-hmm. and then when teams adjust to it, they struggle to be able to 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 move the ball after that. I don't think it's 
you know, I give credit to Lima Bath, though. You know, they, they really had Salina on their heels the entire first half, and Salina was kind of able to shut the door in the second half, kind of like you mentioned. Uh, but uh, give credit, uh, Lima Bath still playing tough. Salina still right in the driver's seat of where they want to be uh, in this WBL, and uh, it's going to get it's going to get real interesting in the last three games, fellas. Absolutely. Uh, okay, you got anything for us on this one, or not really? Just proves you can't take a week off in the WBL. Mm-hmm. Someone Absolutely. will knock you off. Absolutely. And so, Lima Bath will be traveling over to the Defiance Bulldogs, and while Salina will be hosting Ottawa Glandorf. And speaking of the Defiance Bulldogs, the Defiance Bulldogs at Elida, and this game. I was not expecting this to happen. Elida coming out on top with a one-point win, 19-18. Fire away. This was uh, this was interesting. Uh, you know, Elida did a really nice job defensively on Defiance. Uh, the Defiance rushing attack really just, you know, really wasn't there like it had been in previous games. Um, Defiance did get Brogan Castillo back this week. Okay. I think that's a huge plus for them. Huge. Uh didn't maybe get all the snaps that he wanted, but definitely don't want to rush back into anything as well, I think, there if you're Defiance. Um, for some reason, I'm struggling to find where I wrote down my Defiance stats. Oh, no. Hold on, give me a second. I guess I'm, uh, I'm fired. Uh, Anthony Wilder had 15 carries for 123 yards and a touchdown. Um, he also had six catches for 49 yards. Brogan Castillo did come back, but he only had 11 carries for 62 yards. Made the most of his carries. I think he had uh, six. That's about six yards of carry. So uh, good to see him back. Uh, good things there. Obviously, Defiance still has a lot of their long-term goals, even if they don't win the WBL. There are a lot of long-term goals there. You know, Norm talked last week. He thought Defiance would play uh, Toledo Central Catholic for the regional title, which um, I, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Defiance is pretty battle tested. Had to win some games with without. At this moment, though, at, at this moment right now, Defiance sits on the on the top side of the bracket, so they won't be able to play for a regional title against Central Catholic if they sit where they're at right now. Well, okay. there's still three right. games left, but yeah, yes. I'm, d- I'm just saying. I'm just saying though, if the season ended today, that's well, it's a good the, thing it doesn't. Yep. Uh, Alida <laughs> scored with uh, 13 seconds left to go in the game, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had a drive uh, with about five minutes left, stalled. Uh, Defiance was unable to run the clock out, got the ball back with two minutes and 44 seconds, were able to drive down the field, uh, got to about the five-yard line, and uh, were able to punch it in with 13 seconds left. And and that's kind of how Defiance, you know, took that L. Congratulations to Elida, though. You know, could have rolled over, Mm -hmm. um, lost two straight games, uh, battled tough against a really good Defiance team and Mm -hmm. able to come away with a win at home. Yep. And so the Bulldogs will be hosting Lima Bath and the – uh, Elida Bulldogs will be playing against the Walpock Redskins. Our next game, the Kenton, Kenton Bobcats. At Wildcats. Wildcats. Wildcats, thank you. Thank you, I'm sorry. At Walpaw. Walpaw winning this game in a blank shutout, 35 nothing. It's Phil. about what I figured. Yeah. Uh, Walpock's really cruising right now. They, they It t- took them a couple weeks to figure some stuff out, but they really got it rolling <laughs> right now, guys, and they're they're clicking on all cylinders. Definitely wouldn't want to play Wapakoneta right now. Absolutely. Nope. And so the Kitten Wildcats will be hosting St. Mary's, and Wapaw, like I said earlier, will be hosting Elida. St. Mary's Memorial hosting Shawnee. Shawnee! 49 to 12. Phil, St. Mary's is starting to, they're starting to roll. Well, three straight wins uh, for the Rough Riders. Uh, you know, I think obviously 
favored in this game against Shawnee. Shawnee's really, really struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Mary's, their rushing attack has been very, very good. Uh, they're starting to string together some wins, guys, and uh, you know they're getting some momentum. They got some tough games down the stretch as well. I think they still play Salina. I think they still play Wapakoneta. So uh, oh. Wapakoneta and St. Mary's probably the two best teams right now in the NWA as far as playing WBL. morale and the WBL as far as the morale of what they're playing, obviously outside of um, Salina, who's kind of been in the driver's seat. So yep. interesting games coming to the WBL in the last three weeks, fellas. Yep, so St. Mary's will be at Kenton, and Shawnee gets to travel over to – oh, yeah, my bad. Gets the host, Cougar Nation. So that's going to be interesting. All right, next, the Van Wert – our last game of the WBL, the Van Wert Cougars – Hosting the Ottawa Glendorf Titans. Phil, this was a nail-biter. 28-21, Cougar Nation comes out, squeaks one out. Uh, homecoming game for Van Wert as well, able to squeak it out against OG. Uh, credit OG, man. Uh, the last two weeks, they've played teams very, very tough. Uh, I think the score was 28-21 in both of their last two games. Uh, they're playing teams tough. They're fighting. They're battling. Uh, despite the record, uh, not – not just throwing in the towel, and that's what you love to see. OG actually outgained Van Wert 329 to 312 offensively. Brylan Parker 16 to 27 for 183 yards for the Cougars. 31 carries for 111 yards and three touchdowns. Keldon Bill seven carries for 18 yards and a score. Connor Campbell eight receptions for 140 yards and leading the way defensively. Aaron Reichert had six tackles uh, for Van Wert. OG, one of ten on third down, fellas. And I think that's the big thing. Uh, Just really, really struggled to get the drive, keep the drive rolling when they had the chance. Peyton Coleman, eight of 23 through the air for 154 yards and a tutty. Nine carries for 85 yards, adding another touchdown there. Grant Schrader, three catches for 90 yards and a touchdown for OG. Yep. So with that being said, here are the standings of the WBL Conference. Salina still sitting in the driver's seat, 6-1, 6-0. The Wapak Redskins right behind them, 5-2, 5-1. The Elida Bulldogs after their knockoff against Defiance, 5-2, 4-2. Behind them is tied with Def- the team that they just beaten, the Defiance Bulldogs, 5-2, 4-2. Right behind that is a three-way tie with Lima Bath four and three, three and three. Van Wert same record to follow, and St. Mary's right behind Van Wert with a three and four, three and three record there. Right behind that is Ketten two and five, two and four, and at the bottom is both Shawnee and Ottawa Glendorf at zero and seven, zero and six. Just a couple outside games I forgot to give you. Uh, locally, Columbus Grove defeated Lipsick 28-14. Lipsick, uh, another tough game next week as I think they play Bluffton next week, if I'm not Correct. mistaken, at Bluffton. Uh, and then the one I also wanted to mention was Bluffton uh, playing at home to Convoy Crestview, uh, the battle of a 5-1 and against 6-0. and And Bluffton was able to win that game at home 21-0. So yep. Bluffton rolling right now. Yep. Absolutely they are. And so now we got the NWAL, our last conference of the of the day. The Archville Blue Streaks hosting the Swanton Bulldogs, winning 49-7. This was expected, Phil. Yeah, you know, kind of kind of figured too much Blue Streak offense here. Uh, 381 total yards to 122. Lucas Dominic, 11 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. Also had three catches for 63 yards and two scores. Jack Hurst, three carries for 56 yards and a score. Cade Brenner, 6 of 6 through the air for 151 yards and three touchdowns. And Chase Miller, two receptions for 70 yards. Jaden Wilson for Swanton, 
uh, two of nine for 41 yards and a touchdown. And Jonah Rico, the leading rusher, had four carries for 44 yards for the Bulldogs. Absolutely. And so the Archibald Blue Streaks will be get to travel over to their arch rival, the Wauseon Indians, which will be an absolute bloodbath for this game. Should be, I think. But Phil shaking his head, he's probably like, terrible. Um, I don't know. I personally think Archibald wins this game by three touchdowns. Uh, I can see it. I, I think, you know what, I don't want to give too much away, but I, I think with, <laughs> I just think the, the, the physicality and the anger of Archibald with their plan with a chip on their shoulders right now, I would not want to be playing the Blue Streaks right now. Yep, and Swatton will be traveling over to the Bryant Golden Bears. Speaking of the Golden Bears, the Bears hosting the Evergreen Vikings. And, Phil, you can tell me as much as I'm wrong today about this game, but – yeah, I think I – yeah, I was wrong on this one. 35-7, Golden Bears. Yeah, uh, Marco picked Evergreen 28-21. Um, you know, it's, it, you know Brian, uh, Brian had to be able to come back and uh, make a big win, and they were able to do so. Uh, and large credit to the rushing attack between Kepler and Harold. Sam Harold had 24 carries for 158 yards and a touchdown. And Jace Kepler had 16 carries for 156 yards and a touchdown, 55 rushes for 358 yards. They had 29 first downs. Uh, Jace Kepler, 10 of 17 through the air for 116 yards and two scores. Max Mossing for the Vikings, 20 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Brendan Holman, 2 of 5 through the air for 56 yards. Lane Vance, uh, one reception for 56 yards. And J.J. Uh, Johnson leading the way defensively for Evergreen had eight tackles on the night. Yep. And so the Golden Bears, like I said, will be hosting the Swanton Bulldogs. And Evergreen gets the host, the NWL Juggernaut, and the Liberty Center Tigers. Um, Yikes. Make sure the, we yep. have the National Guard on standby for the Vikes. Okay. Just saying. Just saying. The Delta Panthers, 3-3, three and three, hosting the Wauseon Indians. The Indians winning this one 38-6. You know, uh, Wauseon, just too too much athleticism for Delta. Uh, you know, I kind of thought Delta would come out and play play hard and play with a chip on their shoulders here. And, you know, Wauseon kind of just Sputter. ended any of that threat. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Wauseon ran 53 total plays. Delta ran 48 but was 3 of 10 on third downs with three turnovers. Uh, hard to get anything going there. Wasion 2 of 7 on third down. That's a big thing for Wasion guys. They have struggled on third downs all season long. So if you can get them to third downs, they have a tough time converting some of those. Trey Parsons through the air, 14 of 20 for 205 yards and four scores. Six carries for 43 yards. Ryan Friend, seven carries for 24 yards and a touchdown. Tyson Rodriguez, six catches for 106 yards and two scores. Wyatt Smith, four catches for 58 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, for Delta, Landon Lintermoot, 14 carries for 32 yards. Carl Warner, nine carries for 62 yards. And Justin Rupel led the way on defense with seven tackles uh, for the Delta Panthers. Uh, you know, Delta uh, struggling right now, not, not doing what they want to do as far as the way that their season's gone over the last couple of games. They're starting to get into some meat of their schedule as well. Uh, could be a tough finish of the year for Delta. Just got to keep got to keep playing. 
obviously 16 teams in the playoffs, so if they can get a big win somewhere and get some help with some computer points, uh, might be able to find a way to squeak in there. You just never know. So uh, got to keep playing. Got to keep playing if you're Delta. Yep, so the Delta Panthers will be traveling over to Patrick Henry. And the Wasteon Indians, like I said earlier, will be hosting their arch rival, the Archbold Blue Streaks. And then we get to the Enzo Militia Game of the Week. And, Phil, this was not much of a game of the week at all, at all. This was a slaughter. The Larry Snared Tigers hosting their arch rival, the Patrick Henry Patriots. And the Tigers taking them behind the woodshed and more. And possibly committed at least four felonies in the process. 62-0 Tigers. Yeah, um, you know, a uh, tough sled for the Patriots, uh, finding out you don't have your starting quarterback, uh, you know, when he's not available, uh, you know, things were going to be a little bit different for them. And, uh, you know, Lincoln Krieger, I thought, did a formidable job there. You know, it's tough coming in to play in, this, in that atmosphere against that team uh, for your first career start. Uh, a kid that's really, really good on the outside. Uh, he's had, think I think, 35 catches this year. He was the leading receiving getter there for the, the Patriots. So that takes away a weapon off the outside. Uh, kind of mismatched up front a little bit. I think you saw that. They ran um, three and out on their first drive, threw an interception on their on their second drive in the first play. And before you blink, Liberty Center was up 14 nothing. And uh, when you're down 14 to nothing, it feels like 35 nothing to a team like Liberty Center. Um who over the last three games has outscored their opponents 180 to 14 uh, over the last three games. So it's been tough sledding for opponents against Liberty Center. You know, their defense, again, I mentioned allowing less than 50 yards rushing for four games out of the six, make it five out of the seven. Uh, Patrick Henry only able to muster 81 yards on 44 total plays. Uh, Lincoln Krieger was 8 of 17 through the air for 53 yards and two picks. Landon Johnson, four catches for 20 yards. Houston Miranda averaging over 100 yards coming into the game, eight carries for 29 yards. Uh, Patrick Henry was 1 of 10 on third down. Grant Smith defensively, five tackles and two sacks. Did have a couple of big yardage loss sacks. Um, nasty on defense he, he's mm -hmm. quick to the ball he doesn't really fall for those play action fakes he, he reads the ball well and makes the tackle and then Grant Schwab the leading tackler for Patrick Henry had seven tackles uh, for the victorious Liberty Center Tigers 35 offensive plays for 493 total yards so 493 wow. to 81 <laughs> um, that's that's video game stuff uh CK, Colton Cruz, eight carries for 139 yards and five, count them, five touchdowns for 17.38 yards per carry. And his brother right behind him, TK, Trenton Cruz, eight carries for 149 yards and two touchdowns for 18.62 yards per carry. Ty Jackson with his first career varsity touchdown, he had one carry for 59 yards and a touchdown, started all the way to the right, didn't like what he saw, retreated, went all the way back to the yep. left and was able to find, a, uh, find room for a touchdown. Um, as a team, Liberty Center, 32 rushes for 395 yards, eight touchdowns, and 12.34 yards per carry as a team. Landon Amstutz, 7 of 7 through the air for 98 yards, including 
a majestic reception from Colton Chambers, all one-handed right over the shoulder with the left hand. It was a beautiful catch, beautiful ball. Uh, leading tackler for Liberty Center, Waylon Rents, six tackles. And Trenton Cruz and Colton Cruz right behind him with five tackles. So five tackles, five touchdowns. Makes sense. Not a bad day for Colton Cruz. Nope. Yeah, so, the, so these Tigers are just rolling now and might move up in the rankings here. So, with that being said, the Liberty Center Tigers will be traveling over to the Everglades, known as Evergreen, that has no trees for whatever reason. And the Patrick Henry Patriots will be hosting the Delta Panthers. And you know, we I think we would be remiss to say this too, guys. Like, I, I think I think Lincoln Krieger is going to be just fine at the quarterback spot for Patrick Henry. He adds a nice running dimension uh, to that offense to kind of go, go with Houston Miranda. So while you take his athleticism off the outside, he still has the ability uh, to get on, to get loose in the running game as well, which could, you know, play some dividends for them. He looked good throwing the football. He, uh, You know, he had some open guys where his throws were just rushed and he wasn't able to get that. But when you're playing a defensive – uh, juggernaut team like Liberty Center, you know, you're going to be a little bit uncomfortable back there. So uh, can't can't judge the performance there when you're playing against a team, you know, like that in your first start. That That's yep. tough. Uh, and I, I thought he did a good job. He was only 7 of 17, you know, so they didn't really ask him to throw a whole lot. Uh, but really, you know, they were just really unable to get anything going with their ground game. And, and that's mm -hmm. where they've been so successful at all year is getting Houston Miranda going and then using the passing game after that. Obviously, uh, got to talk about Nash Meyer for a second. Uh, fantastic young man. Um, obviously, One you know we hate to see hate to see injuries, especially to a great kid. Um, you know he's going to be done for the year. He's out four to six oh, wow. months uh, with a torn meniscus, and he's going to have to have surgery. So you know all the best for him moving forward uh, from us here at Denzel Militia. But you know just tough to t tough to not see him out there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you want you want to take out the best with their best, but I, you know, mark my words. I talked with Coach George after the game. You know, all their all their long term goals are still there, guys. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they, they're still going to make some noise in the Division Seven playoffs. Uh, they're still going to get a home game to start the Division Seven playoffs. No matter how you dice that up, they're going to be playing at home. I think this is a team that can really make some noise in the playoffs because you, you know, we talked about it with Norm and Kirk. When you get when it gets cold, you got to have a team that can run the football, guys. Mm -hmm. And Patrick Henry's been able to run the football, and now you add a new dimension to the running game with Lincoln Krieger. You get another blocker in there, Grant Smith, Houston Miranda, kind of leading the way through the hole there. That's it, it could be tough for teams to stop. So, uh, you know, all long term goals are still there for Patrick Henry, and I think I think they're going to be just fine moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I like I, like you said, I don't think I want anyone wants to be playing Patrick Henry when it gets to the playoff time. You don't want to. And by the time they get there, Krieger's going to be he's yep. going to have they're going to have everything figured out knowing coach I being the fantastic coach he is. He they're going to have everything figured out by the time playoffs hits because at, because they got they get to play Delta. That's not no disrespect to Delta, but they get to see they get to work on a few more things in that game with uh, Krieger. And I and I I, I think that's a fantastic point, Isaiah. Yep. I think you got to you got to experiment a little bit, and I think you're also going to start to see Landon Johnson start getting more a little bit involved in the running game. They use him on sweeps. I think you're going to see that a little bit more to get him out in space to get him some touches. Okay, because mm -hmm. they're going to have to find some offense. We're not we can't kid yep. ourselves, guys. They're going to have to find other ways to move the ball offensively and score touchdowns without their the leading passer. And then NWOL, it's gonna be tough. Yep. yep. So they and like I said, that 
Patrick Henry will be hosting Delta, traveling over to Archibald. That's going to be a really interesting game, Phil, and that we might go to depending who LC plays that week. Um, I I think the best game of the week next week is Perry, uh, Finley at Perrysburg. That's I think it's two, two weeks. Yeah, and PH will play Archibald on the 13th. Pause. I'm talking. Well, I'm not talking yeah. about PH. I'm talking about Perrysburg and Finley. Yeah, I know. I thought I know. that was next week. Yeah, no, it, is, it is this week. I, wow. you know, That's you, what I'm talking about. Right, I'm talking about the game of the week this week. Why would yeah. we be talking about two weeks? No, talking about next week. I know, but I'm playing ahead. <laughs> no, I'm talking about next week's okay. games. Okay, anyways. So, anyways, Delta, PH plays host Delta, plays at Archibald, and then their last game of the season will be playing the Swat and Bulldogs hosting. Okay. So, that'll be their season finale at – so they get to play on their home turf uh, at least two last times uh, going into the playoffs. Um, going to the playoffs and all that. So, with that being said, the NWL standings, as so, the Liberty Center Tigers putting it into the driver's seat, 7-0-4-0. The Patrick Henry Patriots uh, tied with Archibald and Wansion, both at 3-1 in league play. And fifth, the Brian Golden Bears, 4-3, 2-2. The Delta Panthers. The Bears. The Delta Panthers, 3-4, 1-3, 6th. And then finishing at the bottom, both tied at 0-4 in the league standings. The Evergreen Vikings and the Swanton Bulldogs. So, And my last yeah. outside game, Otsego at Oak Harbor. Otsego uh, played him tough for the first half, guys, but Oak Harbor was able uh, to, to pull away there at the end for a 49-21 win. Uh, against Otsego and Otsego, uh, it's not going to get any easier. They got to play Maumee still, and uh, Maumee's been giving teams a struggle. Uh, you know, Maumee and Genoa played, and you know, Genoa! Maumee was actually beating Genoa for a majority of that game. Uh, looking ahead to next week as well, we're talking about good games next week. You got Perrysburg, Finley. You got Oak Harbor, Genoa next week. The that's that could the decide the NBC, the like NBC that. title. That could be for the NBC title. You know, those two teams right there. Uh, Battling for that championship, you know, battling for Division Five, Region 18 playoff spots. Though that win is massive for farther reasons other than just the NBC title. Those are massive playoff implication points uh, for e excuse me for either one of those two teams down the stretch. Mm -hmm. And I also look for Wasion Archibald to be pretty good next week. I think. I think our Archibald is going to end up winning that game pretty handily, but you can't count out, as you said, Isaiah, throw records out, yep. the, out windows the windows and those backdoor rivalries, you know. Yep. In the last two years, Archibald has taken Wasion to to the shed. Not last year. Last year was well, close. Last year was, last year was close. real close. Oh, the year so before they, that, though, yes. Yes. And so it's going to be a very interesting game on how the Wasion Indians uh, uh, take care of their gracious guests. And I also think in the GMC next week, you look at Ayersville Antwerp. Yep. Uh, that could be a really good game that as well. Year, uh, that last year, that, that, that did determine the league title last year. But at this moment, with Ayersville losing, uh, losing their first conference game, if Antwerp wins out at this point, at this point of the season, Antwerp wins out because they knocked off Wayne Trace. That beat Tenora. Still got to play Paulding. Uh, still got to play Paulding. So they so Antwerp's got Ayers, oh, not Ayersville. Yeah, Ayersville and yep. Paulding left. Yep. If they come out. We got Antwerp repeats as league champs. Antwerp showed some weaknesses this year, though, for sure. I mean, yes. Ayersville's offensive line for D7 is very big. Oh, so yeah, this absolutely. Is not, this is going to be a physical game, and, I mean, that's kind of the way you beat, you beat Antwerp is just being more physical than them because you're not going to be able to out-scheme them. But, but you got to take care of the football. That's yes. the big thing. Yeah, and, that's, and like, you, like we said earlier, what Phil said, 
can the pilots figure out something with with the fishball kid in the passing game? Because obviously, Arizona has had problems with that. And like you, like we both said, uh, going into last week, if if the Rambo's took out Kenevan out of the game plan. They were going to struggle and going to force Ayersville throw the ball, and that's exactly what they did. And look what happened. I think also Ayersville did a great job of putting Abe Delano in the backfield. I can see that mm. happening a lot more this week too. I know they're not 100% comfortable with it, but you got to get the ball to your best athlete. For Absolutely, sure. yes. So we'll see how the Pilots' uh, game plan against for it's the Ar- for against the Archers. It's going to be really interesting. Um, and I believe we got some shout-outs, Phil, and we are ready to call it a day. Uh, you don't want to talk any more football? You done? We can. I'm asking. That's a question. Okay, let's do talk you, about Do you want to keep talking about football? Yeah, let's talk about more, about more football. We, we can talk about more game. football because, yeah. because let's talk about how many games this week could potentially decide a league champion. A league, well, either a league champion or, or no chance for a, for a league champion. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you look at Ayersville, If they lose, they're out of the they're out of a GMC race. Yep. If they beat Antwerp, you're looking at three to four four teams there uh, that all with one loss in the GMC that could that could mm-hmm. make that interesting. Wasion has a chance to knock off Archibald to give themselves a chance to tie for the league and outright or a, a share of the league championship against the Liberty Center down the road. You know, Archibald still has to play Patrick Henry coming up here as well. You also look at the WBL standings. Salina has to play Wapakoneta still. Mm-hmm. Salina also has to play Defiance in the last three weeks. I mean, there are so many games coming up here that we're that are going to decide where our not only where our league titles are going to come, but you also have to check about what's going to happen in this playoff picture because we've talked about some teams that I think could really make a difference in the playoffs despite the fact that, hey, maybe not having a great regular season, but their their postseason could be a good run. I think Tenora is one of those teams. You look where they sit right now, may have to play Carey. I think that would be an interesting matchup. That's a game from a couple years ago, I yep. think, that, that happened in the playoffs yes. when Carey won the title that year, I believe. Yes, They, they yep, beat yep. Tenora Carey. and Liberty in the same yeah, playoffs. Uh, so. Tenora was the only team that came close to being Carey. 19-7. Yeah, so it, and you look at the Cardinal division. It's it's as of right now, it's Napoleon. So it's Napoleon controls their own destiny here. And Napoleon has to play three straight league games to finish out the year. They're going to have to play against Clay, BG, and Southview in the last three weeks. And I personally think that Southview is the best team in that division, full team. Mm-hmm. But Napoleon's clicking right now, yeah. and their their morale is good. Uh, there's just so many. There's just so many interesting games on our sheets that we're not even, you know, that we're not blowing up, and you know that that we could easily blow up. You know, I, I'd really like to. Talk, we're going to try to get Paulding's head coach on here. I think that we really need to talk to him. I think what he's doing over there is is great. I think Maumee mm-hmm. is is battling teams as well. Uh, they have some big wins coming up. If they could find a way to beat Otsego, uh, that would be a huge win for Maumee as well. So. Man, there, there's just so many games on the slate that I love that, I, that I'm excited to see. You know, the last two week, two weeks, you got Coldwater, who's going to have to see Versailles and uh, Marion Local. So uh, uh, it's just going to be interesting because Coldwater's in that Division Five, you know, Region 18 setting as well. So uh, playoff points, playoff secondary stuff. I, I mean, all that, all that is really coming into fruition, especially down these last four weeks mm-hmm. or these last three weeks of the season. So. No chance to yep. take a night off now, especially uh, you know if you're if you're a, 
uh, a struggling team. You know, there's 16 teams that make the playoffs, guys. I mean, you got to keep battling, and you, and you just got to hope for the best, but you got to take care of your business every night. You know, sometimes there's some scary 16 seed teams that you may not want to play that's at 16. And even above that, I mean, Tenora last year against Highland Marengo, I'm sure – I'm not sure exactly sure what it was, but – if you look at eight teams, Snor would have made the playoffs last year. And yeah, then it, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have beat Highland Marengo. And, and then Defiance, the same thing. You know, yep. Defiance goes on the road and they get a big win. So it's uh, two. Right? It's it's two it's. Oh, they got one. I, one. Yeah, they lost the second week to Maslin. But you know, still though, you know, you, you love to see that, and I think you could get a little bit more. You know, as the Kirk was uh, all over this word, the parody uh, that could happen in these playoffs down the stretch with some of these teams playing each other. I think. A couple of interesting – like Bluffton and Columbus Grove, that's yep. going to really decide a big push for Division Six in that Region 22. So um, I think that's a fun region. I mentioned before, I think Division Seven, Region 26 is really, really good too. Antwerp, Ayersville, PH, a lot of good teams involved in that. And then obviously it's going to run through Marion Local. But uh, a lot of fun games to watch down the stretch, guys, as we uh, as we move forward. So. Yep. And in the Buckeye Division, Whitmer controls their own destiny at 2-0 and with Peberg, Finley, and Anthony Wayne sitting right behind them with one-on-one records in their, con- in their conference play. So it's going to be very interesting with Whitmer knocking off, I believe it was, Perrysburg. There's going to be a lot a lot to hash out um, over the last couple of weeks for a lot of different things. So I'm here for it. All right. So let's get our shout-outs in, boys. Phil? Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to AB Perfectionist Painting and Knock It Out Drywall. Uh, you can give Austin Purdue a call at 419-906-1627. Uh, you can have his drywall guys come in and uh, put the drywall up and have his painters come paint it afterwards. Uh, you can email him for a free, free quote at abperfectionistpainting uh, at gmail.com. Uh, quality painting made easy. Uh, Dorian Hooker's pro to – oh, you know what? We forgot to play our interview. Oh, shoot. Yeah, we forgot to play our interview. Well, actually, how about this? We uh, get our shout-outs done, and then we get that, get that interview. How about that? that work okay right, um, Dorian Hooker's pro day performance training with Jordan Burdue and Dorian Hooker uh, training athletes all over Northwest Ohio great atmosphere great people great uh, great gym community out there um, also LC Tiger Sports Live thanks for the use of the beautiful studio and awesome equipment and uh, just allowing us to be able to be here and love being here and being able to watch my brownies lose uh, on Sunday is fun so all right, shout-out to KK Collision with Kyle Kern with heavy-duty heavy duty towing and mechanics out there. Great guy. Don't make him mad, though. Three-cord. Sign it, sew it, screen it, print it. Swat and Welding with Norm Zider with Fabrication Services and helping Northwest Ohio Athletics over the years. Chambers Control with uh, solar panels, techie stuff that we just had on last week and will cause so many migraines for the great Phil Snow. Headaches for days. Meyer Bain and Hop Insurance are known as Mayor Bain and Hop Insurance in Riley's years, uh, providing services since 1933. And the Tiger Den Dairy Bar, everyone's favorite family of the area with the Snyder family. Uh, every time you go there, tell them you want a Duke burger and tell them that we sent you. Oh, and also shout out to Mr. Field Goal himself, Joshua Martin. And uh, so we got... Our interview with Mr. Weaver and Colton Cruz, and we do apologize for that. Apologize for what? It's right here. Now with 
victorious Liberty Center football players, Colton Cruz and Zach Weaver. Uh, guys, congratulations on a big rivalry win over Patrick Henry, 62 to nothing. Colton, we'll start with you. Talk about your team's performance here tonight. Uh, I thought we did a good job of coming out strong. O-line does a great job, and once we get, start getting stops on defense, it just starts to click. Zach, talk about your team's whole defensive effort here tonight. You hold a, a very good offensive team like Patrick Henry, zero. What was going through your guys' head? Talk about maybe some of the play calls. What, what was going on out there? Uh, obviously, our defense, our standard is we want to hold people to a goose egg on the board, and we work all week to beat the best team in Ohio, and that's not necessarily the team we're playing, but the team we we're hoping to play. Absolutely, and I like that mentality. Colton, let's go to you a little bit on offense. Your line got you started. But, man, after that, you kind of took over in the open field a little bit. Talk talk with us a little about a little bit about what you see on some of those big runs. Where's your vision? Just talk with a little bit about whether you're looking for cutback lanes. What do you see out there? Well, when when I get outside, I kind of, like, look at the DBs. If he's going hard, I'll try to, like, cut back. If he And if he's going soft, I'll try to just, like, pause for a second and then outrace him. Zach, talk about the confidence that you guys get as an offensive line and a defense even when guys like Colton and Trenton and Colton Chambers are running hard behind you guys, breaking tackles, running with some energy. Talk about how that lifts you guys up as a morale as a whole. Obviously, when we see those guys running in the end zone 40, 50 yards out, I mean, it's we get excited. Everybody's jumping up and down on the sidelines, and that just really helps our team pick it up and do what we did tonight and put 62 on the board. Colton, five touchdowns tonight, so congratulations on that. That's a very outstanding, Mark. Um, talk about some of the things that you guys are going to have to do to keep this train rolling going forward. Obviously, all your guys' goals are still in sight. What are some of the things that the Liberty Center Tigers have to keep doing to keep this train rolling, Colton? We just got to keep looking for one game at a time, make sure our fundamentals are good and our heads stay level. Zach, some of the things that the Tigers have to do to stay balanced and keep this thing rolling? Uh, we got to stay – can't get complacent. With, uh, with our uh, offense and defense, special teams, everything. We just got to keep playing our, our, uh, our game. Thank you, guys. Congratulations on a big league win against Patrick Henry. Zach, congratulations. Colton, congratulations. Thank Thanks, guys. And that was the interviews with Zach Weaver and Colton Cruz. Shout out to those two gentlemen uh, to take time for the interviews. And Coach Muller ran for the hills uh, after, <laughs> after, he got, after he got bombarded by interviews, so we didn't want to annoy him. So, uh, uh, like I said, though, uh, we thank everyone for helping uh, listening to us. Um, Shout out to the Liberty Center student section for the intro tonight as well. Uh, they were they were very classy with us with that, and they yep. were very loud on Friday as well. Oh yes, they were very loud. And uh, sh uh, don't forget to share and leave a five star review for us on this. Uh, share it to your friends. Uh, help us grow and uh, get better at um, uh, the way we talk and all that. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right, anyways, so what that means said, I'm your host, Isaiah Marco. I'm your co-host, the snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. I'm the captain, Captain Cade Man. And this is Enzo Militia because reasons. <laughs>